Department of the Dead contains graphic and explicit content that may not be appropriate for some listeners. Opinions and views do not reflect the Department of Defense. Listener discretion is advised. you want to introduce us giggly the giggles i'm sorry hi y'all welcome back to department of the dead this is your co-host jess we have a special guest today with amanda possibly thoughty we'll see we'll see if it's a ghoul's room we'll see if it's a department of the dead but who knows it might just be department of the dead i don't know we'll get there we'll see when we get there but who is our special guest who is it it's a surprise we don't know what to call you because you have a pseudonym. You guys can call me Tabby, but on Instagram, I have a, my very meager follower will know me as Long Tap. I was stepping back thinking about this earlier. I was like, what, yeah. what could we call him? Cause he's going to need like a nickname on the show. Cause we're obviously not going to show your face. Yeah. Um, Super loved, Very, very, very sensitive personality. I just thought you liked cats. You know, I actually do like cats. I don't have any cats. I had cats growing up. I like other people's cats, but I don't like living with cats because it just smells like cat shit in the house all the time for me personally. But, yeah. But I also was really bad at cleaning out the litter box. Well, you got to get an automatic litter box. You got to get an automatic feeder, automatic litter box. You just automate your life. And then your cats are still insane because. They want food all the time. It doesn't matter how many times that thing fucking goes off. <laughs> Everything's fine. My cat was just driving me crazy. Like, <laughs> you want to talk about it? <laughs> no, no, because no, I do. Bitch. Let's go. Let's hear. Well, okay. First of all, no, just kidding. But I was actually was thinking about like a nickname to give you. This is going to sound really dumb. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was kind of yeah. high last night when I thought it was like millennial. Stress. Millennial. Lenny. Lenny. <laughs> I was like, mm-hmm. he's going to hate that, like Lenny Kravitz. Oh, you know what? Millennial Lenny Kravitz. I actually really like Lenny Kravitz. <laughs> you do? Okay. Do you call you Lenny? He's, he's the coolest Jew we got, so I got to rep him. Okay. Yeah. There's not a lot of them out there. Yeah. yeah. Love for Lenny. about that. Well, we don't have any Jewish heritage in today's topic today. Save that for another time. But what we do have... Fuck is my phone. I'm so sorry, guys. What we do have is Jess's heritage. It may be oh. mine, depending on which database you're looking at and like this DNA database. Right. So, Jess, why don't you tell us what the topic is and we'll get into it. Okay, so we're doing like Colombian mythology, like folklore stuff, because I recently went over the spring and I guess because I recently joined y'all's podcast i guess i was like let me like do some digging i know i've heard of the classics and stuff and by the classics you know i'll get into in a second but yeah so this is just like a few of the things that i found not super scary but i mean it's always just interesting to learn that stuff so by the classics i mean like la llorona like that's one of them letty tabby what are we doing what I'm going to be honest. Spanish is not my language, so I don't know what you just said. But La Lorna, is that is that who you're talking about? 
Rona, yeah. So that means like the crier, like the wailer. So it's just like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. She's the woman that like runs around in the streets, like crying. And they say that she's going to kidnap your kids or something. So and there's like variations to it. It's kind of cool. I was just going to say, of all the, there's a, a few Columbia monsters that I read about. Uh-huh. And they're all interesting. And I definitely had a favorite, but we can, we'll go with what you want to talk about first. Okay. I feel like I know your favorite and I don't want to talk about it. So I'll say. Oh, you're going to say it. Okay. 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 So what I had down was like, these are traditional folk tales and stories about like creatures from Colombia. Usually like these are stories like passed down orally and, you know, as like little jokes too. And it's passed down to, like, to generations, which I also think is interesting because my sister just had a son. So I'm like, is she going to pass down these scary stories? Or are we You're going to do it. You got to be that aunt that does it. You have to tell the scary right. stories. You have to scare the kids. Yeah, I think so. It's your job. And then they're pretty common. Or, and like there's other countries in Central and Southern America that also have these same types of creatures, which is interesting. So it's, I guess... That's how powerful like word of mouth used to be back in the day. Like you have multiple countries with kind of the same type of stuff. I thought that was cool. But it also notes that it has African and Native American cultures as like part of their influence. I guess, you know, kind of how we talked about Pangea in the other episode, Amanda. It's okay. So we were all probably like connected and that's how we have some really cool like variations of cultures and stuff. So anyways... I'm going to skip the first one. I'm in my drive. Meow, oh, meow. Cool. Did you want me to give you a little bit of time to look for what you're looking for? Because I got a weed plug for us. Ooh. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So cool. uh, I also wanted to do like a small before we all got into the, the meat and potatoes of this entire episode. But since the stuff that I found was like... I mean, I did not under not understand, but I guess like we know, but we don't really know like which it's not as widely talked about, like which tribes, which native people, like the, the mythological story of uh, El Dorado. And so it's called legit. Cool. <laughs> That's so cool. That's so sick. So this is a little pre-roll. Got little bit of bubble hash in here we talked about bubble hash the last episode or two i forget which one it was but why you were high you don't remember i don't remember <laughs> i hardly remember anything well potty potty over here oh yeah tree's like you are in your stoner era i'm like i'm never gonna leave my stoner era <laughs> okay right? never with how good weed is now she like, why would you if you're out? But I understand. But anyway, so that's literally all I had. I didn't really have a big, big plug on this. It's just, I like the name Legit Gold. We're literally going to be talking about a fuck ton of gold later. But Jess, did you want me to do a little fun factoid background that's not very long, but really fucking interesting? Yes, let's do it. Okay, I will direct you guys if you are in the South America folder. And then you'll see the Ancient Incan Empire. Cool. Okay, so just background. So when we're talking about Colombia, they're the specific tribe native to that area that we're talking about, El Dorado. Like that's different than the Incas. However, they were a very transient people. All of the tribes in the Mesoamericas, they like they didn't stay in one spot. They were fucking talking. They had road systems. They were trading. It was a whole thing. And tribes turning on each other during the 
Spanish conquests. So that was great. Yeah. Anyway, so I was like, fuck it. I want to talk about ancient brain surgery because I got really mad, but not like mad, mad, kind of irritated when I saw this rather racist post saying that, oh, well, all these ancient civilizations like the Mayans, the Aztecs, African tribes, like they never invented the wheel. And like the wheel is not like a measure of intelligence. So I'm going to get into ancient brain surgery with one of these uh, tribes. Did this stuff remind either of you about phrenology? Have you heard of phrenology or familiar with it? It's so if you've seen like Django Unchained, there's a scene where Leonardo DiCaprio takes out the skull of one of his former slaves and starts talking about different pockets on the brain. And he's like, this is the part where free will comes from. And as, as you can see, it's got a dent in it. So it's, it was a pseudoscience and it's been debunked a billion times. But when I first started reading about the Indians or whatever, like cracking skulls open to fix people's brains, that's what it reminded me of. But it turns out that it was actually surprisingly legit. So it, that's what it reminded me of. But. I don't think I've seen Django Unchained. I mean, I've seen like parts that's of it good. before. It's good. Yeah. I'll have to watch it, but so not, like not 2023. You haven't seen Django Unchained. I feel like I've seen parts of it. There's random movies I will watch and random movies I will not watch. And it's just one of those things. It's, it's hit or miss. I'll eventually watch it, but I will keep in mind for that scene right there. I'd be like that. I'll do, I'll do the Leo to Leo. I'd be like, that's it. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Well, we're going to get into ancient brain surgery. The definition of trepanation is a surgical procedure that involves removing a section of the skull without causing damage to the dura matter and the brain. So the word trepan, tre uh, maybe I'm saying that wrong, trepan refers to a surgical tool used in the procedure, which represents, it kind of looks like a carpenter's tool or an auger, which agar. I didn't know what that was, but apparently that's a drill. And the word is derived from the Greek word trepanon, agar. So this practice has been used throughout history to relieve intracranial pressure and da 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 So we're going to go down to the background. While this practice has ancient origins worldwide, the Incan Empire remains a beacon of enterprise. So hundreds of skulls were found in the Peru region, like down south a little bit. And the reason being the air is drier, like a very arid climate. So preservation is a lot better in those types of regions. So they found most of the very well-preserved skulls like in that area. So the method is the ancient Incas used a fermented maize and cocoa leaf alcohol known as chichi. <laughs> That's so cute. <laughs> I, I know. It sounds so cute for such a brutal procedure. They would hypnotize the patients during the medical procedures. I don't oh. know how. <laughs> and then no. cocaine being derived from the cocoa plant was also like in the chichi. So oh, again, okay. the good stuff. At least, you know, no morphine, but they got the chichi. So the, they had four different trepanation techniques. They had the scraping technique using a scalpel sharpened with volcanic lava, a circular cone hole, a square shaped hole, and then a posterior hole. If you scroll down to the second page, you'll see the four, three, three different pictures with the different kinds of holes. It is likely performed without antibiotics since penicillin wasn't discovered, but they did have ancient herbal remedies and whatnot that they did use. So they hypothesized, theorized that they may have had access to penicillin without actually knowing that, oh, like, this is going to be used later on, you know, way down the line. What? With that said, the Incans had an 80% success rate. Like, they figured this shit the fuck out. Now, put that into perspective, the Civil War casualties who had injuries underwent this. So I had a quick question about this. Yes. 
So did you find anything about what they decided would require this procedure? Because I feel like in the modern day, there's a pretty high bar for when doctors are like, all right, we're going to crack your skull open. But back then it could have been like, this guy's acting like a fucking dick. I think we need to take his brain out. Did you find anything like that? Really, this practice was used mostly for like blunt force trauma to the head to relieve pressure because they were like, well, the head's bashed in, so we need to take that out. So that's how it started. No, no, no. And then if they were like displaying similar symptoms. Yeah, so they were displaying similar symptoms, but they didn't have a dent. Sometimes they would go in and just do these brain surgeries. And what was really cool about these trepanation techniques, like I said earlier, the, the air in Peru, very dry, arid climate, perfect for preserving tons of skulls. So when they looked at these skulls, found that, as you can see down in their findings here, the skulls from Peru's southern coast spanning 400 BCE to 200 BCE showed about a 40% survival rate. So then they started getting better. So from 1000 CE to 1400 CE showed about a 53% survival rate. And then 160 skulls from the Incan Empire from 1400 CE to the mid 1500s were showing a 75 to 85% success rate. And the reason that they knew that these things were successful is because of the healing formations around the holes. Oh, right. You can see with the picture here on page three, they have the less than a week, one to three weeks, and all the other like time frames of when everything was like healing and stuff. And I already spoke on this before, but they were more successful than the doctors during the Civil War era. And neurosurgeon Emanuela Benello described the trepanation survival rate in the Incan Empire as astonishing, emphasizing the exceptional abilities of the ancient Incan surgeons. So they still do trepanation today, but they only do it for like brain clots. That's really the only reason we're drilling into people's heads. You know, we kind of learned our lesson with the lobotomies. Not great. I'm we need to stop sticking sharp things into people's heads. That's what they finally came came. Have to you know. seen those, those videos of people doing brain surgery and the patients are like awake and they just, you know. Yeah, I've seen Why came the fuck out and they'll have a violinist or whatever and she'll be playing violin while they're doing brain surgery on her. It's not. I think so if she starts messing up and they're like, oh, put that back. That's a good way to tell if you're doing the right thing or not. It's like, wild. Real time feedback. Yeah, I, I think I saw the still from one. It was a guy playing guitar yeah, during a brain surgery. And I'm like, oh, no, no. I Every do- once in a while, I'll watch Jeopardy and I'll start thinking I'm pretty smart because I'm like crushing it. And then I'll see a video like that or read an article about it. I'm like, oh, so it's a good way to uh, keep yourself in check. All right. Well, that's all I really had on ancient brain surgery. So I thought it was cool. And I know that I said... I was talking a little bit about the Incas and the Incas were, you know, more along the coastline of the Andes and the spine of South America. So that said, they still migrated a whole bunch and traveled and used the road network systems and what have you. I will take a pause, let you guys talk the stories and whatnot. Okay. okay. Justin, I ask you a question real quick, because you were saying before we started that you smoked a fatty earlier. And I was wondering what the strain of yours was called. <laughs> it's uh, it's called Chemical Romance. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, it's a pretty chill strain. Like it, it like chills me out. And I've been. Does like, it have you feel in a certain Gerard way? Um, that's a really, that's a really good reference. Oh, yeah, no, yeah. 
for sure. Well, I'm also just excited because I, I get so happy when we record. Like, I work from home, so I'm, like, super lonely. Oh, that's, that's sad. It is. Yeah. Had, anyway. I've had a slow-life question. That. Yeah, it's Regarding. a hybrid. I'm not sure. But she just said the name. She said some strains. I was like, give me that one. Whatever it is, I'll take it. And Man. then I got some gummies, but I only just smoked for this. Have you ever thought about if you were going to grow your own strain, what you would want to call it? Oh, my God. Actually... I've never really thought about it. What about you? Well, Jess, funny you should ask because I just so happen to have a list here of army themed weed strain names. Okay. All right. Cool. Well, let's share them with you guys and see what you think. Okay. Bounce them off us. Let's hear it. All right. So the first one we have is called Do What Your Dick Can Handle. All right. The second one that I have, I have a lot of these, so stop me. The one I have is called ACFTHC. And I like that. <laughs> there were there were several strains of this before it was officially released, but they were gradually degraded in quality from its initial prototype into the silk grade bullshit that we all have now. Uh, the next strain that we have is called AR670 Bro. Let's order Domino's. That's like for concrete people. I hope that there's one called like Shop at Tornados. Ooh, that could be that could be one. Is it Tornados or Tornadoes? I don't. I've always heard Tornados. Which didn't sound right to me because it's literally spelled tornado. I don't know. I'm from the Midwest, so taquitos. It's like, why are we calling taquitos tornadoes? Because you guys are so high right now. No, I haven't even smoked yet. Here's perpetually. Perpetually stoned. Yes, 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 yes. Um, All right, I got four. Sorry, apologize in advance. This one's a deep cut. It's called Operation Ivory, coasting on that sweet sticky icky icky. And for those not in the know, Operation Ivory Coast was the official designator for the Sante raid. So, a little bit of history on that. That's a little bit. Um, that's a highbrow strain, but I appreciate it. It's a highbrow strain, but yeah. it's for highbrow soaks. This one's for tree. It's called okay. the March Process. But March stands for Marijuana, Ashes, Reggae, Music, Chronic, and Hash. I like that one. I uh, want to do, like, a, instead of a signature cocktail, I want a signature, a signature joint. That's what I want. <laughs> See, that'd be cool. Like, you could, instead of a wedding cake, get like a, like a, a wedding bong. A wedding bong. You guys could just like, take rips of it. And, Yo, like, I well, mean, nice friend, wedding cake. I, so wedding cake is, I like it, but it, I feel like it's not as strong for me. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. It's light. It's like a little dainty. Let, let me, let me go have a little picnic joint. A picnic oh, joint. Yeah. <laughs> wedding cake is picnic joint. See, I'm so fascinated by weed culture now because I haven't smoked in 20 years. And the last time I did, it's so you just got into a senior's in high school's car and then he drove you around and then you opened the glove box and then took the bag of whatever out and put 50 bucks in his cup holder and then he dropped you off like on the other side of the park. That's That was my experience with weed. I was very <laughs> sheltered, so that was not my experience with weed. Yeah. Oh my God. I love this. This is so on par with Columbia. <laughs> Oops, I hope my parents are proud Hey, no one's doing cocaine. It's fine. Not yet. That's the next not episode. Yet. We're talking about Colombia and Peru. We're not doing cocaine, guys. I know. Yeah. Buddies. I brought cocaine up in my section. Briefly. Very briefly. The chichi. Chi. Oh, you had it? In- it the, uh, the, the medicine that oh, they yeah, yeah. numb them. Yeah. That had technically cocaine in it. I thought you meant like in your unit there were dudes down cocaine. Oh, no. No. I wish. But so... I'm curious to hear about some of these 
lore and legends. And yes, ma'am. We'll start with La Mula de Quinta. So that just means like dark mule. It's a wicked spirit that appears before mule trains on super steep paths in the country. The creature has the power to create blistery winds and vicious storms that cause the Colombian mule drivers, known as arrieros in Spanish, and their animals to lose control on their journeys and knock them and their pack mules off the edges to their deaths. You know, it. you look at the picture of it or like you try to think about it like in real life, you're just like a mule, like it's just like a donkey, right? Like that's not scary, but if it has these like mystical powers, I mean, I could see that. I get creeped up by spooky animals all the time. Like, I feel like animals are supposed to uh, act a certain way. And when yeah. they don't, like if your dog just starts like staring at the corner of the room for no reason, like halfway up the wall, mm-hmm. you're like, yo, dog, I don't know what's over there, but you better knock that the fuck off. I feel like farm animals, no offense to anyone who owns farm animals, I feel like farm animals are especially creepy. And I, it's probably from all those Puritan, like, witch trial things, the haunted goats. I mean, I was fucking scared of goats for the longest time. So a mule, I would probably be scared of a demon mule. Well, name another creature that's not a demon that has rectangular eyes. Rectangular. You know what I mean? Yeah, goats have rectangular eyes. A little oh, they're like, they're like this weird, like, slit. It's like horizontal. I think that's what also kind of creeped me out, too. Yeah. They look wrong and you know, make your stuff. Oh, I think they're cute. I think all animals are cute. They're no. cute, but they're still like that. And if it starts walking on its hind legs, I'm just gonna. Oh, yeah. They do shit. Okay. So maybe I'm just, I don't know. You never seen like a, like a dog, like a really mean dog that's just like barking its head off, but just like, you're not about. You're like, oh, he's a, he's a good boy. I think probably more so in movies because I haven't really met any mean dogs. So the next one is La Madre Monte, which is like the mother mountain. Or like mother of the forest is a spirit or deity found in Colombian mythology, has its roots in the indigenous cultures of Colombia. She's like the protector of the forest and natural life. If you keep scrolling in the picture, she's like that big green creature in Moana. So like you could correlate the two together. She's described as a beautiful woman covered in plants, having her head in a hat, which you partially see her face. And she's described as tall and beautiful. She's known for being a harbinger and enforcer of laws of nature. She's always surrounded by animals and is often seen bathing. Madre Monte is known to scare cow thieves, slackers, and killers of innocent animals. So it's like a lady of justice, but for the leaves and plants and shit. She's like poison ivy. Yeah, like the Batman. I like her. Yeah. Yeah, she was just, she wasn't a bad guy. She was misunderstood. We need to endure reliance on fossil fuels. These large corporations are polluting our lands and waters and should have more trees. Speaking of which, we're just being haunted by dinosaurs. Like every time we drive our cars. That's just where my brain kind of goes to. Maybe that's why the world's going to shit. We just keep, like, all these ghost dinosaurs are just like, what the in a free? Right. You think they're aware that they reincarnated or they're being used? They're like, they're pissed. Now they're being used to take a PT cruiser to ballet recitals and stuff. That's not an afterlife that I want for myself. I mean, I wouldn't blame them. Yeah. Wait, really? Wouldn't blame them. You haven't seen that meme where it's, this is how you know if you've made it in life. And it's like a house 
with six fucking PT cruisers parked in the driveway. I love that. How sweet. <laughs> Okay, all right. All right. So Mother Monte, she punishes those who invade her territory by making them get lost. Suddenly paths disappear and become overgrown with vegetation. Mountains change their shape and the person becomes dizzy and will often sleep for several hours. When they wake up, they're lost. So she treats unfaithful and wicked men with the same punishment, while children that invade her territory are spirited away and hidden behind waterfalls, never to be seen again. Okay. She lives in the mountains and jungles in Antioquia and Caldas, where she lives in swamps where streams are born. People who claim to have seen her usually report to have done so near thickets and bushes in the jungle-like areas. Others report to having heard her blood-curdling screams and groans on stormy nights. Another creepy thing I don't like is women screaming. Your whole body is chilled. Like, yeah, it's like the hallmark of a good scary movie is like Psycho, okay, all the Evil Dead movies and stuff is high-pitched truth. I don't enjoy it. That like just makes your butt clench. Okay, so what like the locals like to say is whenever you have like waterborne diseases or, you know, you get sick from the river, you get diarrhea or whatever, they say it's because uh, Mother Morgan, they like washed her hair in the headwaters of the river. So I just thought that's funny. I was like, it's not the mountain. It's just that you're drinking dirty water. Where do you hippie hair water? And, uh, I'm calling pollution on that. I'm, I'm just, everybody else is the problem. She is blameless in this. Yeah, I guess. Apparently, if you do come across her in like the forest, there's some weapons you can use against her power. So it says, you must not show her. You should throw insults at her and try to whip her. Okay, you're a puta. And then she just goes away. But like whipping though? I mean, I guess, I mean, well, maybe like back in the day, like for farm animals and stuff. Cause yeah, that's the only thing I I can think of. I don't carry a whip around with me, but that, you know, I, you do you, if you do. I think those are a little bulky, and I drop things. I'm painfully sober right now. <laughs> oh, it's fine. And then in Costa Rica, the puro varón or the cuhin. I don't. I don't even know how to say that word. But it means hawk. But overall, they all view him as like a devil type. So he's supposed to be like super scary, like a master of deception. So he like shapeshifts between a very handsome man or like his true form, which is like mega scary goat so we all were talking about goats earlier um yeah oops he'll try to seduce innocent people and women and he will steal their souls that's why you know people in the community in those neighborhoods say that there's people that walk the earth that don't have anything there it, they're just a body they say that you know maybe Mendingas got him or whatever or got them and then I found this. I hate that. Oh, Indeed, Latin right? American lore is dark. Yeah. Like, it it's hard to find, but when you find it, it's fucking dark. Holy yeah. Shit. No wonder we're all traumatized. But, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, yeah. So I found this really cool thread on Reddit from Imaginary Alive. So thank you to that Reddit user. I already described, like, his, like, name. Folklore and literature have been in charge of presenting new versions of this archetype of evil under totally different and even attractive aspects, as in the case of Medis. I don't know how to say that word, but it's a demon from Felis. Thank you. Oh, wow. That is hard. 
that's a which that's is a demon, not one. <laughs> German folklore wow. was popularized by the literary work Faust. Thank you, Words are hard. But for Latin American folklore traditions, for their part, usually dress the devil in an it's peasant me not terrifying at its first sight. So that's why they were saying that he like shapeshifts. What's dark in these versions of Satan, which is, I guess, continues to be present in his perverse and relevant intentions. And that's how I was saying he's also known as the Kewen, which is hawk in Nahuatl. I don't know how to say that. Which is reflected in the phrase of he, she was taken by the Kewen in reference to how these birds steal chickens or as the the Hutar word for devil or warlock. He's also known as the Pura Baron or the Mandinga. The latter term is more common in South America as it refers to the Mandinga people for some reason. So his appearance, when he's not invisible, he can take on the appearance of a human, of an animal, hybrid or not, and of other things. As a human, the devil is described as an elegantly dressed man with golden teeth or as a horseman who challenges the toughest sabaneros, the cowboys, to a machete fight in lonely places. Ben will literally fight with machetes, then go to therapy. I was about to say, that sounds so fucking lit. And <laughs> you beat me to it. Oh, like if, in other words, it sounds lit. If it sounds like something a man should go to therapy instead of doing that thing, that thing is probably lit if, by other men. <laughs> if someone knocked on my door right now and I answered it, and it was a dude with two machetes, he's like, hey man, I got an extra machete. Do you want to come out and fight in the street? I, <laughs> I would come back and be like, hey guys, we're going to have to finish this another time. I have to go have a machete fight. It's either a machete fight or Legos. Like either way, you're going to be preoccupied. Yeah. Lightsaber. To be fair, I get distracted by crystals and cats. To each their own little squirrel distractions. Okay. okay. Uh, he can also have an unpleasant appearance, though. In some legends, he has the appearance of a tall, hunchback, red-haired old woman with bony hands, translucent white skin, and a two- Palm's long nose, with her hair covering her face, wearing a black dress. So he disguises himself as a woman as well? He disguises himself as Bette Midler, I think, is what they're trying to say. Like, what's two palms long nose like? It's like Bette. Is it like this, or is it like, (laughs) I don't know. Okay, yeah. You guys keep reading. I'm going to Google that. Yeah, okay. How long is two palms of a nose? What are you saying? He's also described as an unpleasant short man with black nails who chews tobacco leaves, identifies himself with the name of Pancho, and leaves smoke where he passes, or as an invisible horseman who rides an also invisible horse, both of which come visible until they pass whoever they run into. Okay, that's even scarier. In more modern stories, he's described as either tall, dark, or a handsome man who wears a full jacket with a golden tie and has bright green eyes. Or as a homeless man. As an animal, he can take on various forms, the most notable being the black chingo or the chingo devil, which I refer to as the black devil or the miko malo, the evil monkey. So many interesting names. New rapper. Yeah. Bad monkey. <laughs> the former is described as a large black chingo with either very short or no tail at all, full with eyes like burning embers and enormous inwardly curled horns. The latter is described as a huge, horrible monkey with red eyes and bristly black hair or as a small white monkey with horns and an arrow-tipped tail with large and sharp nails. Other sources describe him as a hairless black cougar with fiery eyes. He can also take the form of a little ugly bird with a tail that resembles 
a pair of horns or of a black cat that wears a spiked collar. I would take him home. If I saw that, I would take that cat home immediately. Of, of all the forms of bad monkey that we've heard so far, that one's by far the dopest. My favorite. Yeah. Red eyes. And I remember it's, seeing the monkey from Toy Story, the snitch monkey. When they're oh, like, fuck that guy. Out. Fuck yeah. that guy. That's what I pictured. Because it said red it's, eyes. I was like, oh, that monkey had red eyes. Which Toy Story was it? Was it the second one? I stopped watching it too because two was like the pinnacle of Toy Story for me. And now it's like the story toys is in it. Very rarely do they make sequels that are good enough to continue on doing. So my question is, why the fuck are they still making Shrek? Sorry to do Are they still making Shrek too? Yes. And it pisses me off. Stop. No more. We're done. Well, We're done with Shrek. But Shrek 2 was great. Shrek 2 might be better than Shrek 1. Well, if you said there's a Toy Story 4 enough. The kids have iPads now. The toys are done. Kids these days don't even play with toys anymore. Uh, okay. Additionally, he can take on other strange forms, such as a black woolly calf with round ears, an unspecified black animal with red eyes, a disembodied hairy, hairy hand. So like cousin it, but hairy. Okay. And a horse that shrinks as it's approached until it turns into a faceless baby. Like this just sounds like a really bad. This is terrifying. Um, the, just the monsters that we've covered are scarier than what we have here. <laughs> Mothman. And meanwhile, down in like Columbia, they've got faceless babies. <laughs> I no, I would not be okay. Like Mount Mothman, I can handle. Jersey Devil, I can handle that. Faceless baby brandishing a machete. No. No, I'm out. So my confusion is there's so many different forms of this bad monkey that we're talking about. I feel like every time somebody saw something that they didn't like or upset them, they were like, it's that bad monkey, man. I knew it. We'll see a lot of that with the El Dorado legends and how they've changed over time, depending on who's telling the story. We'll get into it. Okay, okay, Okay. so sorry to wrap it up. To frighten sinners, he can take on the appearance of a hunchback, five feet tall man with skin as black as coal who throws sparks from his eyes, nose, and mouth. He can also take on an amorphous shapes, such as a black lump that throws sparks, has horns, and brandishes a fiery machete, or as a flame, or as a black shadow. Oh my God. What? Okay. To take people away, he can assume the form of either one or several vultures that grab them by the neck, although he can do so in the form of a column of smoke or as a gale, who saw that, that lifts them up until they get lost in the distance. And of course, he is described in the classic form of a man with hands and legs that moves his powers. It's said that he's immune to physical damage, that he has telekinesis, can levitate, can make himself invisible, and visible at will pass through solid matter such as ceilings walls floors leaving a black stain makes sounds of strange voices come from different places shape shift move fast enough to build a bridge in one night and that he can materialize well be it as money or cattle he can also appear wherever he gets called and invoked possess houses and invoke very strong winds and columns of smoke he can asombrar people, which causes them nightmares and long agonizing illnesses and leave them mute, insane, ill, and useless the rest of their life. So they're like, this bad monkey is the reason that a bunch of the indigenous Incas, if they have a version of it in their culture down that way, they're like, ah, fuck, monkey got in his brain again. We got to drill some holes. Probably. But that's what they did before science, of course. I mean, the rationale being like spirits and things yeah. outside of the, their control. 
I mean, it, this is just all over the world in sure. ancient times, like before you had an explanation for things. But this little monkey is just fucking shit up. And I'm kind of here for it. <laughs> Monkey's revenge. As the Miko Milo, he can change his size and drag people away with his tail. If, if they are indoors and he can't get them out for some reason, he goes away and leaves them glued to the wall or ceiling until they get sprinkled with holy water. He can also appear as two black dogs that torn parasites in half. Is it, is it like kind of like the Harry Potter dog, but it's just two? And he can make the corpses of people who die by his hand weight. Why is the feather stiff as a board? Yeah, holy That's shit. Sure. I mean, it's the devil in whatever form. So That is the most inconvenient power that he has, though. He glues you to the wall. Oh, the ceiling. Glue That's why you can have holy water laying around. Yes. Keep a vial by the bedside. What about or moon water? Lord of water. You don't want none of this. You don't want none of this, dark monkey. Hello, you don't want the Florida water. Stare off with Flint, Michigan water. I, I'm just going to say, out of, you know, the machete, the chimney stacks of smoke, which there's a lot of smoke in these legends. I'm really appreciating the amount of smoke that we've got. Yes. But it's like, uh, that is the thing that, like, sticks out to me. It's just gluing someone to the ceiling. Like, I'm annoyed with you. I'm going to haunt you. And I'm going to put you up on the ceiling. Like, like, of all the magical powers that this guy has, by far the funniest one, I agree. Where he can make people go crazy, you know, huge gusts of wind, turn into whatever he wants. Or he can just like, stick you somewhere. Yeah. And then I, you have to send your mom out to go to the store to get some holy water. Mom, I'm stuck. I feel like that's, that's a really good bit. <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> and then some cat with a spike collar just like runs away. Well, I mean, it being Columbia, it wouldn't surprise me if people had their, like, local pastor, like, on speed dial. Yeah. I, really just depends on, like, the religion, but that's basically, they were, like, priests and church members, clergy, being held to the same esteem as, like, a doctor back in those days. It's just kind of like, well, okay. I mean, it worked for the time, kind of, but, you know, we at least we've come a long way since then, you know? Yeah. For the most part. For the most part. Totally. There's no religious fanatics in the world anymore. Yeah, none at all. <laughs> Can't clean that up. Yeah. Uh, I was about to say, you should see the Bill meme community lately. <laughs> I swear to God, they all think that they're just like crusaders these days. That's, it's weird. That's something, that's something that's changed since I have come back. There were definitely a few, and it's cool. Do your yeah. thing. And then I feel like someone will do like a flip book. They do the thing where it's one format and different memes. And then the fourth one is always like something super religious, which is fine, I guess, but it's, there's just such a higher preponderance of that happening now than there was two years ago. I know. And it's, it's very ironic to me. The people who are kind of following (laughs) that trend have the audacity to say, oh, well, everyone else is following the trend for X, Y, and Z on the opposite end of the spectrum. I'm like, we're all just tribal creatures at the end of the day. And I, I don't understand of all the fascinations, the Crusaders. There are so many more, about to say more cooler, so many cooler things to emulate than the fucking Crusaders. That's just my opinion, though. Like what? What would you rather than emulate? For, for one, we got the Aztecs and the Mayans. Aztecs and Mayans are pretty sick. I wish that there was more. I feel like a lot of patches and teen shirts are like, Vikings and Spartans, and not just like SF, but just yeah. like combat arms 
unit insignia is either Vikings or Spartans or something else. And like very few look to Aztecs or Zulu warriors. I think that there's a couple third group teams that kind of started invoking more Zulu iconography, which you can say is cultural appropriation if you want to be a nerd about it, but it's also kind of cool. That also um, might be why we see a lot of the Norse and Vikings and yeah, I was like, what the in the water? Like all these dudes have a hot boner for that stuff. I'm like, what am I missing something? And here's the thing, because I really did like well well before I joined the army, I thought that Vikings and Norse mythology was super fucking cool. And I was super into it. Like people ask me if I like the Roman Empire. What's that? I got a dagger. I got a Viking boat. Oh, that's, see, yeah, that's super lit. Yeah, nice. you got a long road. That's awesome. I'm actually more Scandinavian than these guys, too. I guarantee it. <laughs> probably. Probably. They're all, like, Irish and whatever. Fucking Irish. But, Just... the, but then, like, I joined the army and everything was a Viking with, like, horn helmets, which, if you know anything, if you've actually read about Viking helmets. And then the goddamn white supremacists ruined it. And they were like, oh, we're going to do Viking shit now. So now I can't like Vikings, KKK's butt buddies, Norse shit too. And just, they just ruined everything for me. So there's nothing else for me to like. Just got to take it back and be like, actually, yeah, just be like that. Well, actually guy. This is my Roman empire. Well, actually. You can't just take stuff back because I'll give you an example. There was a very famous symbol that used to mean peace. And then a certain group co-opted it and it stopped meaning peace. I'm kind of glad that that's the only thing that they managed to take. Well, one of the only things I should say, because the Nazis really got into the occult and astrology, and that's another topic that I would love to go on and we on. And on about. Nazis, guy. Believe me, I started researching. I'm like, I, I need more time. That's that's a multi-parter for sure. Yeah, but it, you know, of all the things that they took, I'm glad it was that and not like the other occult stuff. But okay. Jess, do we have any, do we have all the pictures? Wait, who put the pictures together? Because those oh. are awesome. <laughs> These yeah. are scary. Wrap it up. The, for the mythological creatures, I'll have Tabby talk about his favorite one. So that'll be the last. Yes. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. All right. All right. El Molat, also known as, although often dubbed everyone's favorite monster, especially mine, El Molat's exact description is a little elusive. According to popular legend, though, he's an enormous hairy beast with claw-like hands. It's also no secret that El Moan loves mischief, often, often capsizing the boats of fishermen at sea. The story of El Moan is sometimes known as Hoira, and his story is most commonly told in the Andean region. El Moan is said to take form as a charming and attractive man to lure women in, only to drown them in his waters. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if... Keep talking up. I'm being dumb. So... So I immediately started, as soon as I started reading about this guy, I fell in love with him. I love when I fall in love with myth- the mythical creatures that I read about. I'm like, oh my God, they're just misunderstood. Because he's, he's, yeah, I don't think he's a monster. I think he's misunderstood because the way I look at it, some of the reading that I was doing was like, he spends all day by like the river, just like smoking tobacco. And then every once in a while, he'll trick a maiden and steal their clothes. And there's varying degrees of that in terms of how extreme it is. Either he like kidnaps them and kills them or whatever, or he just kind of like things out and doesn't interact with people at all. The way I like to interpret Elmolan is he's camping out by the river all day, every day. He wakes up to the sound of rushing water. 
stands up, stretches, and starts chiefing darts until about 8 or 9 p.m. when some babe comes walking down by the river and he sweet talks her and stealing her panties. Do you at least get a toke out of this? Because I'm sorry, I would not give a random strange man by a body of water my underwear. That's just me. Well, I'm not saying you would, but I'm saying in ancient he's times, like he's sweet talking them. He's and not again, them. He's not malevolent. Okay. He's a mischief monster. Listen, this is like your boy that you grew up with that maybe didn't go the same route as you, but you still love him so much because you just have a great time every time you hang out. <laughs> yes, sometimes he tricks women into giving them his panties. And you're like, I don't he know, I do you're in your thirties and you live by the river and smoke cigarettes all day. You should like go to school or something, but he's, this is just the absolute boy and I can't get over him. And all the pictures I've seen of him is just this like hairy dude, just smoking. You should, you should petition to have that guy as one of your mascots in the future. <laughs> you're like this hairy dude no. next to a riverbed and they'd be like, hurry up, just listen here. Just I lost my spot. I, I don't remember where you left off. Yeah. Oh, okay. Got it. I got it. Some people who were mysteriously able to get away from Elmoan only seem to recall being underwater for a few seconds and nothing else. Seeing Elmoan is never good because he really likes to show himself to people, but when he does, it means that something really bad is going to happen, like your panties get stolen. Among the catastrophes, there could be earthquakes, flooding, illnesses, and so on, which is why most people are afraid of him. Elmoan can be found in the woods or in small villages at all times. He runs really fast, boy, and once he sees someone, he tries to scare them away by running behind them, pushing them. See, these are just like slump basically. Running amok in the forest, just like a fast fuck boy. It's just like yeah. causing mayhem. If you're if you're walking behind someone and they start running away from you and then you start running after them, that's not a good thing to do, but it is pretty funny. I don't know. I don't think he was just smoking tobacco. I feel like he's just like that weird fucking pothead that limps by the river. He was smoking some tobacco. But, you know, I think about it. I just read that sentence after you said it. The catastrophes, the earthquakes, the flooding. Like, what if it wasn't him? And he's just getting blamed. He's just some homeless dude. What's funny? He's just some homeless dude living by the river and there's an earthquake and they're like, ah, you did this. Jesus Christ, it was not me, I swear. How did I cause an earthquake? I feel bad for this dude. He sounds awful. It's like a cop out how, like, back in the day, like, every woman was called, like, a witch. Yeah. Fuck that. Oh, yeah. I started watching Castlevania and oh, yeah. I'm like, I could get into this show. Episode one, more to follow. There's a, there's a movie called Black Death about witch hunters. And it's pretty much that when they like find women and they interrogate them and they're like, we heard you're a witch. And she's like, what are you talking about? And you're like, yeah, all right. You're, that's exactly what a witch would say. Torture them for hours. And then the girl's like, I'm not a witch. I don't know what you want me to say. Just keep doing it until she confesses. I think that that was the time. Join us next time and we'll be with thought or something like we're going to make this like a two-part series or something. So we will be back for part two. Part two, we went over the monsters. So when we come back, you'll be here in thought. And his thoughts on El Dorado. Thoughts, thoughts. I don't know why I said it like that. Thoughts, Pre-tainer. thoughts, thoughts. Okay. Don't worry. We'll, we'll be back. All right, bye.